Well, good morning. Good to see you all here. We're running a little bit behind, but you know, it's a little cooler this morning. So I was giving a chance for some of these other people to maybe want to come out uh, in a little warmer weather. So. But it's great to see you here this morning uh, on this great fall morning. The fall's finally moved in. So I greet you with the grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. So things that are going on this week. We do have the barbecue coming up. So we've got some things that are going to happen this week. Some stuff that's got to get done. Um, so be aware of that. If you've got stuff that you need to do, you got to get cakes baked, baked goods. Kathy, you need to say anything? Yes, I'd like for all the, um, to bake a cake and slice a, a dessert and slice it and wrap it for the, the plates and one to sell and to have them here by about 2.30, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock at the latest. 3 o'clock at the latest on Saturday. Have your baked goods here. One to go with the plates. One to sell for the bake sale for the women. Yes. All right. All right. So uh, that. Uh, and then on Friday afternoon at 4.30. Friday early evening. At 4.30 we're going to. Uh, they should have to meet here between 4.30 and 5. So I said, you know, we start gathering at 4.30. We'll be here ready to go. Uh, we're going to start unloading meat and putting it on the grills. So. Uh, we want uh, as many men as we can get because we've got a hundred pieces of meat coming. Uh, so we want to make sure we got plenty of hands to take care of that. So please come and be a part of that then. Or women, if you want to come help too, that's fine. Uh, you'll see that our discipleship group meets in a couple weeks. Our growth group meets tomorrow night. Um, and of course we've got the, uh, the normal Sunday schedule and our barbecue this Saturday. Uh, so... Be prepared for that. Any other announcements we need to make this morning? <coughs> All right. Well, seeing no other announcements, let us pray. God of wind and water, God of love and compassion, God of all that is and all that ever shall be, when Job insisted he was innocent of every sin, you came to him in a whirlwind and showed him the wonders of a world he had not made. When James and John asked Jesus for power and glory, he told them that they would share in the bitter cup that he would drink, and the baptism of suffering that he would endure for the world. Remind us that we are members of the body of Christ, and that we are called to serve your creation in love and compassion. Amen. <coughs> So as we continue this morning, our song of preparation is How Great Thou Art. This is sung by Carrie Underwood. So sing as you feel comfortable or just this morning, just listen and hear the wonderful words of How Great Thou Art.
We now take time to lift up our joys and concerns so that we can pray with and for one another. So what prayers do we have to add to our list this morning? seeing none to add this morning to our main list. We know we have those on our hearts and minds this morning. So let us take our prayers to the Lord this morning. So let us pray. Gracious and holy God, we are thankful that we can come and gather on this brisk, cool morning. That we can hear the wind rustling in the trees. That we hear the birds chirping. That we're in the midst of your creation. And as we have gathered this morning, Lord, we have prayers, we have people that are on our hearts, we have prayers that we are lifting up, and we, we just give these to you, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name for you to do the things that we ask, but we also ask that your will be done in our lives and in the lives of those that we are praying for. So, Lord, this morning we... We ask for healing where healing is needed. We ask for peace where there is turmoil. We ask for comfort for where there is grief and struggle. And Lord, this morning as we have come as the gathered body of Christ, we come humbly. We come open to hear your message to us. So this morning, Lord, as we have come together, let us hear your voice. Let us feel your spirit. Open us up to hear and to see and to love the way that Christ loves us. So as we are gathered this morning, we pray with the larger body of Christ, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Let us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So our first scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 104. It is our Psalter reading this morning, so let us read the psalm together. Let my whole being bless the Lord. You are clothed in glory and grandeur. You build your lofty house on the waters. You make the clouds your chariot going around on the wings of the wind. You make the winds your messengers. You make fire and flame your messengers. You establish the earth on its foundation so that it will never, ever fall. But at your rebuke they ran away. They fled in fear at the sound of your thunder. They fled over the mountains, swearing 
You set a boundary they cannot cross, so they'll never again cover the earth. The earth is full of your creations. Amen. As we continue this morning, we are always blessed and thankful for all the many gifts, offerings, and tithes and time that is given to this community. So let me offer this praise over those gifts to God. So let us pray. Creator of all that is and all that ever will be, we offer these gifts in gratitude for placing us in a world filled with wonder and beauty. Amen. Our message text comes this morning from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. So hear now the word according to Mark. James and John, Zebedee's sons, came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want with me? What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They said, Allow one of them to sit on your right and the other on your left when you enter your glory. Jesus replied, You don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink or receive the baptism I receive? We can, they answered. Jesus said, you will drink the cup I drink and receive the baptism I receive, but to sit in my right or left hand isn't mine to give. It belongs to those for whom it has been prepared. Now when the other ten disciples heard about this, they became angry with James and John. Jesus called them over and said, You know that the ones who are considered the rulers by the Gentiles show off their authority over them and their high-ranking officials order them around. But that's not the way it will be with you. Whoever wants to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you will be slave of all. For the human one didn't come to be served, but rather to serve and to give his life to liberate many people. This is the Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord guys, we have heard your scriptures this morning as we have sung praises to you. We are just thankful. So now, speak to us through these things we do and through the message that is brought this morning. So may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, the disciples had a moment of clarity last week, and now, poof, it's gone. They don't get it again. They have a problem. They're bubbling fools. They once again become the fumbling, bubbling, keystone cops who simply cannot get anything right. And to understand how wrong they did get it, I want to back up just a few verses. <clears throat> Starting back in verse 32, this is the piece that we missed in the lectionary, verses 32 through 34. And here's what this says. Jesus and his disciples were on the road going to Jerusalem with Jesus in the lead. The disciples were amazed while the others following behind were afraid. Taking the twelve aside again, he, took them, he told them what was about to happen to him. Look, he said, 
We're going to up to Jerusalem. The human one will be handed over to the chief priests and the legal experts. They will condemn him to death and hand him over to the Gentiles. They will ridicule him, spit on him, torture him, and kill him. And after three days, he will rise up. Jesus has again predicted his passion. For the third time, he has told the disciples what's going to happen in Jerusalem. But James and John immediately request the places of honor when Jesus enters into his glory. They did not understand the ironic place of glory is actually the cross. And that the criminals will sit on his right and his left there. So this reminds me of a scene from Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars buff. If you've been in my office, you see all the Star Wars stuff in my office. And in The Last Jedi, one of the, the newest movies from the Star Wars franchise, Rey has found Luke Skywalker once again on this deserted island. And Rey wants Luke to give her all the details about the Force. Rey has this premonition of what the Force is. She kind of can feel what's going on. But Luke looks at her and says, What do you want? Why? What do you know about the Force? What do you know about it, Ray? What do you know? Well, Ray says this. It's a power that the Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Now, if you've watched any of the Star Wars movies, that's what it does. Obi-Wan, these are not the droids you're looking for. Or they can have objects float to them. Most notably, they're lightsabers. They reach out and here comes a lightsaber to their hand. But Luke says, impressive, every word in that sentence was wrong. Luke looks at Ray and says, every word of that sentence is wrong. Ray didn't understand what the force was. Just like James and John didn't understand what this passion that Jesus was going to go through. James and John got every word wrong in asking Jesus to be at the right and the left. And they knew it before they asked. They knew they were asking for something they shouldn't be asking for. Charles Campbell says, like sheepish, sheepish little children asking for something they know their parents will not give them, James and John try to trick Jesus into granting their request before they even make it. James and John had no idea what they were truly asking when they were just told what was going to happen to Jesus. So they asked, will you grant us anything that we ask of you? Jesus was like, what do you want me to do? He didn't say yes. He didn't say no. He just asked, what do you want me to do? Well, when they asked, Jesus is like, mm, you really don't understand this. But I think, going back to my Star Wars, Luke said it best. This is not going to go the way you think. James and John were looking for this place of glory, this place that was going to put them on a high, put them right beside Jesus at the table of the Master. 
But what James and John didn't understand is that was not what it was about. Now, we can see this move by James and John to hunt for that power, that they're looking for that power that comes by sitting on the right and the left as a way to get into that head table, a place of importance, a place of authority. You know, we know what's coming, and the disciples have been told what's coming, but they didn't really understand it. So let's think about this just for a second. If they did not fully understand, but understood enough to know that this was going to be dangerous, they would have most likely been afraid. Now they probably under, they understood that Jesus going back to Jerusalem was going to be dangerous because of the authority there. The Jewish authority, the Sadducees and Pharisees, wanted Jesus gone. And the disciples knew this. So they, they had some fear in going back to Jerusalem. And being afraid, they seek the promise of a secure future. Now when, when I'm afraid, I like to find a place of security. Now this could be a physical location that I go to. This could be a song that I start singing in my head, a prayer, or even an object that I grab. Now James and John see Jesus as their place of security. And they want their fears relieved. So they asked to be at the right and the left of Jesus because that was the closest place they could get to Him. But whether we interpret this as a power struggle or as being afraid, they still had no idea what they were asking. And this made the disciples, the other ten, angry. But why did they get upset? Maybe because they didn't get to ask first. Maybe because they're like, you two are asking for things that we want. So we're mad at you because you asked it and we didn't get to. They may have been upset because they wanted the very same thing that James and John asked for. The disciples had completely gone off the rails and missed what Jesus had told them. But are we any different in seeking a privileged spot at work, at school, in society, or at home? David Howell says, We might not make outlandish requests, but in our hearts we often covet the best of the lot, the top spot, the place of recognition. Indeed, this is part of the human condition. However, it is only in facing our own tendencies that we can come to terms with our humanity and live the new life of discipleship. Henry Nouwen wrote, Only those who face their wounded condition can be available for healing and so enter a new way of living. When we are honest with ourselves about our condition, we can begin a journey toward wholeness. And this, again, reminded me of a very smart and wise person in Star Wars named Yoda. And Yoda said, now, named must your fear be before banish it can be. Name must your fear be before banish it you can. So Jesus teaches the disciples 
about leadership. They are all up in an uproar of what James and John were asking for, which was to be leaders alongside of Jesus. So Jesus says, say, no, you don't understand what leadership really means according to God. James Thompson says, for Jesus, the ruler must be a servant leader, not a tyrant. The goal is to serve, not to be served. We often fail to keep in view the proper object of our striving. Indeed, we frequently confuse the purposes and goal of our case with our hope for personal success. Subsequently, even our best thoughts and actions tend to be tainted with vanity and ambition. Jesus' rebuke is a reminder to us that we should be cautious about expecting too much of mere humans. Instead, the appropriate response to our incurable tendency to put ourselves first is to be cautious and self-reflective about our motives. And this cannot be done alone. This must be done within the community. Because as Jane Thompson says, we must keep each other honest. We must be a community of accountability. And this requires vulnerability. Now this doesn't mean we have, we're vulnerable to everyone. This requires us to have a core group of people that we trust, that we are willing to listen to, that we are willing to share to. Jesus had a group of 12 disciples. But he also had a smaller group of those disciples that he trusted with everything. It wasn't the twelve that he took out to the garden. It was only four that were in the deepest part, closest to him. So to be a leader, you must be willing to serve and to be held accountable. Now Campbell says, here is the great promise for the church. We need not always live in fear. We need not continually seek our own security. Rather, we, may, we have Jesus' promise that we can and will live as faithful disciples as we seek to follow him. It is an extraordinary promise made to such a fumbling, bumbling group of disciples then and now. So what is it that we are seeking for personal gain or out of fear? What is it that we're just searching for? Maybe, maybe we need to be like Ray in The Last Jedi and just say, I need someone to show me my place in all of this. Ray needed guidance. And so do we. And when we keep our minds on the unfolding reign of God, we lose the self-serving and gain another higher, better self. This higher, better self answers the call of Jesus Christ to be a disciple by serving others in the world. And as the Mandalorian 
another episode of the Star Wars saga. As he would say, because he's part of this group, this is the way. This is the way that we are to be disciples of Christ. This is the way that we are to be servant leaders in our community. This is how we get to the higher, better self and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is the way. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our song of invitation this morning is Heart of Servants. This is a, uh, a shame and shame song. So let us listen, sing, and hear. It's part of service.
put within us your tenderness. Release us from all selfishness. We are yours. Give us hearts of servants. Receive now this benediction as we depart from this place. Just as Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life for the sake of the world, let us go forth to love and serve all of creation in the name of the one who calls us to delight in all its goodness. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house.